Welcome to Bite Size Battles Halloween Special. If you don't like spooky and gruesome tales, turn off now. But if you do, turn down the lights and enjoy. Tonight it's Halloween, or All Hallows' Eve. The night the veil between the realms of the living and the dead grows thin, and unsettled spirits cross over to haunt and lurk and devour. It's a night they share with all creatures of darkness and shadow ghouls, goblins, werewolves, witches, and vampires. Be on your guard, all you who listen, for in the gloom and the blackness of night they come to feast on your body and soul. The most famous of all vampires was Count Dracula, a character dreamed up by Bram Stoker, an Irishman living in Victorian Dickensian London in 1897. He visited the northern English town of Whitby, which gave him part of the inspiration. I've been to Whitby, an old, cold and misty town overlooking the bitter North Sea, full of narrow alleys and winding lanes, stone staircases that whistle in the wind, and a small harbour with the clinking of ships rigging. Plenty of dark recesses and blind corners into which you can be dragged. The other piece of Stoker's inspiration for Dracula was a 15th century ruler of a part of Romania called Wallachia. His name was Vlad the Impaler, and he was born in Transylvania. In 1431, the year of Vlad's birth, his father had been inducted as a knight into the Order of the Dragon and so gained a new surname, Dracul, the old Romanian word for dragon. Vlad then, as his son, was known as Draculia, or Dracula. Vlad's father was the ruler of Wallachia, but when he was ambushed and murdered in 1447, Vlad fought to regain the throne from usurpers, eventually wresting the crown back onto his own head in 1453. That same year saw the cataclysmic end of the Byzantine Empire, when the Ottoman Turks used cannon to blast a huge hole in Constantinople's previously impregnable walls. Vlad had been a hostage of the Ottomans as a child and held a vicious hatred for them. It was now that Vlad earned his epithet. He had already gained a reputation for vicious brutality, winning and maintaining his rule by having his enemies disemboweled, beheaded, or skinned and boiled alive. Now he added his favourite method of torture and mutilation. Impalement. 
If you're faint of heart, close your ears. Often the victims of impalement were already dead, either murdered or killed in battle, and then impaled on a large stake, pole or spear, through the back and out of the abdomen. More often, though, victims were still alive when they were impaled, and would endure the stake penetrating their anus and emerging through their chest, collarbone, or mouth. So expert were the torturers that they could impale their victims without piercing any of the major organs, so you could be writhing in agony for days before death finally came. Vlad didn't invent the method, but he did take it to new levels of severity and widespread use. This was the context when Mehmet sent ambassadors to Vlad, demanding that he pay tribute. He didn't just refuse, he had them impaled. This was a gross insult to Mehmet and a challenge to his authority that couldn't be allowed to go unpunished. In 1463, with the Ottomans advancing with a massive force of 90,000 professional soldiers, Vlad couldn't have hoped to win a set-piece battle with his 30,000 conscripted peasants. Instead, he relied on savage guerrilla tactics, hit-and-run attacks, and a scorched-earth policy. He poisoned wells, burned crops, and corralled the entire population and its livestock to evacuate the warpath, leaving no food or shelter for the advancing Turks. He even paid men diseased with leprosy and bubonic plague to infiltrate the Ottoman camps and mix with the troops, spreading their pestilence through Mehmet's army. Through all of these, the Ottomans suffered terribly. But on they came. In a desperately daring nighttime raid, Vlad led a cavalry charge right to the centre of the Ottoman camp, hoping to catch Mehmet asleep and snatch his life away before he could react. But he got lost, and instead assassinated two top officials, but not Mehmet himself. By the time he'd realised, the Ottomans regrouped and repelled the Wallachians. Vlad and his men beat a hasty retreat and melted away into the night. It was all too clear that neither sword nor fire, disease nor hunger would keep the Ottomans at bay as they relentlessly bore down on the capital city of Targarista. So it was time for one last throw of the gruesome dice. Vlad ordered that 20,000 Ottoman prisoners of war be brought to Targavista, and he had every single one impaled alive inside the city. Then the Wallachians left to the screams of the dying. By the time the Ottomans approached the capital, Mehmet was surprised to find it undefended, the gates thrown open, and not a single person in sight. 
he and his men marched cautiously into the city, only to come to a dead stop upon the grim spectacle of what was described as a grotesque forest of still twitching corpses. Mehmet was stunned, either impressed or shocked, depending on which sources you believe. Either way, Mehmet promptly turned his army around and marched straight back to Turkey. It is said that Targa Vista is still haunted by those Ottoman prisoners, that you can hear their shrieks on the wind and see their writhing spirits on dark nights. Over time, legend grew that Vlad feasted on the bodies of his impaled victims, that he dipped his bread in their blood and even drank whole goblets of it straight. Remember his name, Vlad the Impaler, Draculia, Dracula. As you're going to sleep this Hallow's Eve, keep in mind that the veil between the living and the dead is being swept aside, and you are being kept company by unseen companions. And if you hear a scratching at the window, a creak from the shadows, a footstep in the dark. Perhaps it's Draculia come to feast on your body and quenches thirst with your blood. Good night.